0: First Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to turn our spotlight in this worship experience and Go going peeling our eyes down to verse number 21. I'm going to read down through the 25th verse. First Peter chapter 2 and 21. New Living Translation says, For God calls you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God always judges fairly. And he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his, own, by his wounds, you are healed. And then that 25th verse is once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. These are the words of God. You may go to your seats around the building and uh, also lift up Deacon Kyle Schooler who had an incident this week and we lift in you up as well, Deacon Schooler and your wife, Deacon Tawana as well. First Peter 2, uh, 24 It's where we turn our spotlight in this service. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. I want to talk to this service from the theme, taking things personally. Taking things personally. The reality of it is that sometimes we take some things personal that we shouldn't. Sometimes persons are not even thinking about you, but yet you're taking it as a sense of disrespect. Every black man in here, one thing a brother doesn't like, is to be disrespected. And, yeah, I, y'all look kind of quiet on me, brothers, but we don't we don't like we don't like disrespect. We don't like it. It's disrespect can bring out another character in you that you thought was dead and buried. I was sharing last night that I was visiting my aunt in Temple Hills, and I was heading to the church on Friday, and I. I saw this reckless driver driving down Branch Avenue. I mean, he was flying. He zipped past me and was zigging and zagging in the traffic. And I said to myself, I said, that's an accident about to happen. Not knowing that the very moment that I mentioned that, he runs into the back of a car comes a cutting across, hitting several vehicles, glass, pieces of cars, all around. And again, as I pulled up, I was uh, Brother Royal, some of the the jersey rose up in me. And so I parked my car. I, I wanted to be as helpful as possible to the police. I wasn't afraid, and you know, there was a sister who was there. She was a little closer to it all, but uh, she saw the police coming, and she had sort of scattered by that time. I said, no worries, I'm, I'll be here. I, I got nothing but time, and if I didn't have it, I'm gonna make it." And so I was standing there because I was, I was really, I was really disturbed. I really was. I was really disturbed that this person would be so reckless with just no regard uh, for human life. And matter of fact, there were some uh, persons who were working on the side of the road, both African-American and Hispanic brothers, and and a couple of them had just gone in for a sandwich. And I said, good you got hungry, because if he had hit you, you, your life would be taken as soon as the police came up i looked at them i said this man needs to be arrested you need to put cuffs on him i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't whispering uh, him yeah I didn't, you can identify me if you want to but i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not but i took it personally. i I, and, and I think some of the times that and I'm not saying you got to do it because sometimes we, we got some crazy folk out there. I know, I know, I know. They, they ride Metro and, and you see them and, and uh, now you had you have to be led by the spirit as to when you're gonna do. I, I I felt I was in a good place. I was it was the sun was up, the police were around. Uh, I could talk with a different level of of confidence. Because you know they had, they you know they had. I, I saw them with their pistols and, and all of that, and so I, I felt like I could stand there. Now, if you standing on the, the metro and you all by yourself, that's a whole other. That's a whole other story. But the reality of it is that in this world, that you're going to have to be some things that you're going to have to take personal. I'm personally responsible. Every mother in this room, of course, you went through the birthing of a child. And that child, you bring that child into the world, and you will take it personally. You take it personally. Matter of fact, uh, when, even when the, the child gets up to the age of dating, you still take it personally. You, you mess with my daughter's son, and you messing with me. And uh, yeah, yeah, and, and we all got an attitude with you. Because right? we remember you standing up there and looking all gleamy eyed and talking about how you were going to love the, and all, all of that. And now we see how you acted. We take it personally. Yeah, Some, some of you come from big families. And, and uh, don't you mess with my little sister. Don't you mess with my little brother. And if you mess with him, you' gonna be messing with all of us, and all of us gonna show up. but take it personal. I, I, let me, let me zig it, cause I don't, I don't, I don't want you to dwell that way too long, because somebody already now you already getting kind of revved up, and and they said, I can stop right there. Let me, let me, let me get to that Negro tomorrow, because the pastor said I could take it personal. No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. And the picture is right here, 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, taking things personally. There are three things we're gonna look at this morning. Number one, God wants to open the door to unlimited possibilities. He wants to open the door, He wants to do great things in your life. And, matter of fact, when you turn it over to the Lord, there's no limit to what the Lord can do. It's in your hands, God. My ordinary in your hands becomes extraordinary. It's in your hands. You could take a mess and turn it into a miracle. It's in your hands. You can lift me. we talk about leveling up and stretching for more and 24. I put it in your hands. And the second thing is, is that Jesus sets the ultimate example. If you have any guess, any wonder, Jesus sets the example. What does he do? He dies for our sins. But he doesn't stay dead, Shirley Graham, he gets up. And he gets up, not with some power, but he gets up with all power. The ultimate example. And then number three, Allow Jesus to be the overseer of your soul. I want, you to, I want you to be the one who oversees me. I want you to be the one who watches over. I want you to be the one who guides me from one degree of grace to another. And that's what God does. God says, I'm, I am going to show you that I take things personally. I have one son. And I'm going to send that one son to live amongst you. One son was going to be able to, he who knew no sin, who did no sin, yet he comes and stands in the gap for us. He takes it personally. Let's look at this. Number one, God wants to open the door to unlimited possibility. You don't know where God's going to take you. You just got to trust it. You don't know what He wants to do in your life, but Lord, I turn it over to you. And that twenty-fourth verse says He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross, so that we cannot be dead to sin. So we can, so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. I want to die to sin. but I want to live for what is right. His his wounds, you are healed. He's wounded, but you're healed. He's standing in the gap for you, and he's doing all of that because it's a setup for unlimited possibilities. When we came to Christ, we had no idea what God had in store for us. Not one of us. I know I I know. I had no idea that when I gave my life to Jesus, what was going to be in store, I had no idea. And none of us have any idea. You just put yourself in the hands of God. You put your hands up in the hands of God. I was, I was, I was uh, in a conversation the other day, and uh, one of my relatives had kind of stepped into the conversation uh, uninvited. Uh, but had stepped in, and and one another relative said, "How did you become a preacher?" And my other, my, my my cousins jumped in. He said, "Because his dad is a preacher." No, I didn't become a preacher because my dad was a preacher. Because I have two brothers and a sister, and they they not preaching. I I, I I I did it because because I heard God's voice. It's not something. It's not something I was running after. I've I, I wasn't running after it. It, it, it. truth be told i was probably running from it and i and i and i was i was saying lord if you can catch me <laughs> amen i was i was i was sticking in oh i can't say that huh i was moving because you know, some of your some of your brothers you're, you're gonna plug something else into that i huh? I I, I see your faces because there are some brothers who in here who were sticking and moving. But what I am saying is this: that I wasn't running toward it. I wasn't running. I wasn't running for it. I wasn't running for it. But I'll tell you this: once the moment I made my decision that I was going to say yes to Jesus, I've been running hard ever since. And, And 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 I run hard. Because I felt like I said the years I was running away, are, it, it now I gotta make up for lost time. Come on, somebody, uh, to make up for lost time. I I had, I had a lot of lost time. I had lost time. I I could have been doing something. And I thank God for my late mother, because even after I had said yes to the Lord, I still was a work in progress. I wasn't. I wasn't all there. I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, I was coming around, but I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't all there, not, not quite yet. Not, and I remember, I remember, I, would, I used to go to the, the Apollo and go to comedy shows on Saturday night and then go pastor my church on Sunday morning. And my mother said to me, how long are you going to do this? When you going to lock down and get serious? So you've got to understand, it's a work in progress. That's why I tried That was my conversation with God. I said, "God, what you want me to do? I mean, I, I mean, I still got some boogie in me. I still like the music. I mean, I mean, I don't have to do anything. It's just something about the sound and the and the, the the you know. Let me let me come on, come on, come on. I, I, did y'all just acting just too like you, nobody knows what I'm talking about. It's something about just getting in the club and and with the the." the how do you move the crowd? It is come on. It's just, it just something about the sound. You, you couldn't get it like that at home. You had to get out. You would to hear it. Come on. I—I see the, we, we in the DMV. There's some go-go folk out there. They're, come on. Come on. If, if we put some stuff on right now, it'd be hard for you to stay in your seat. Come on somebody let me, let me, I'm going to drop one more and I'm going to move to my next point you brothers you remember when you go out and then you hear a real hot song and the sister be over at the table legs swinging and, and then you come over <laughs> and then they tell you no moving how you gonna say no if they say no that's why I go to the other side of the club I try to find a baddest honey over there get somebody to say yes then once they say yes we coming all the way across why are we going all the way you got to come over here Mayo, we're taking it personally. <laughs> Jesus died for our sins. And we got on plenty of them. But he does it to open the door to unlimited possibilities. Here's the second thing I got to tell you. Jesus sets the ultimate example. He sets... The ultimate example, Samantha. The ultimate example. He says, I'm, "I'm coming. Look at look at what it said in verse 21, verse number 22." He comes in here and he says, "He says it says, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. I'm calling you to do good." And the example to that is Jesus. If, if, even if it means suffering, because Jesus suffered for you. And no matter what suffering you think you're going through, it doesn't compare to what Jesus has done for us. Amen. We're in this. We're in the season of Lent. It started Wednesday. Where our Lenten books are over in the bookstore. Get them for five dollars after this service if you want to get that. There's a Prayer call uh, every Sunday night, every Wednesday. All the information is in the Linton book. But look at what it says. He is your example. And you must follow in his steps. Now here's the problem. Folk come into the church, they're not following Jesus. They following some of y'all. And you've got to make sure that you're following Jesus. You've heard me tell this story. First church I pastored, I was going to prayer meeting Wednesday night. And I saw one of my good deacons. I think he was chairman of, he was superintendent of our Sunday school too. Good deacon. He cut, I saw him cut across. I said, let me follow him to church. And then we cutting and I realized he wasn't going to church. He was going to church, but he's going to make a little stop off. And I was like, "I'm seeing more than I really wanted to see." And uh, and then I had to see him later, and had had to act like I had amnesia. He said, "How you doing, Reb? I'm doing all right. How you doing?" See, you made a little stop-off. I mean, I know they have other products in there, but uh, I know the main thing that's in there. And, uh, all right, all right. right. Uh, You know, listen, see, y'all just trying to sit there. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot in this room. We made some little stop-offs. But I'm grateful that even though we made some stop off, now we're in worship. And we're taking it personally now. I don't know what you've done, but you know this. God does, and God loves us in spite of us. He looks past our faults and our flaws, and he sees our Aretha, our needs. Yes. I see you. I see you. And I still love you. I appreciate you. Never, never sinned, never deceived anyone. You know, there's a whole lot of deceptive folk out there. I mean, they just, they you, you can't trust them. He said, I'm not going to trust you any further than I can throw you. And you, and, you know, they just come in lying. You know some lying friends like that? They just lying. I grew up with some guys, they just lied all, all the time. Why are you always lying? I can read the newspaper. I know that, you, that, that you're not trying out for the Jets. <laughs> Why are you going to lie? Oh, I'm in training camp. No, you not. You were at Sugar's house last night. You're in no training camp. Just lying. You know, some folk they meet you and they and, and they gonna tell you all these lies, who they related to, where they been. You know, that's my cousin. We 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 grew up, we grew up. I, I gotta be real careful with this kind of stuff because I don't want folk to connect dots. There was a there was a a, a uh, NBA player who co- who scored 100 points in a game. Um, he's the only person, so I'm not, I'm not gonna call a name. But anyway, so I went over to his house and they said that's our relative. <laughs> really, where's the last time we've seen him? When's the last time you got into a game because of him? But you know, folk will try to tell you who they know, who they're connected to, instead of them being able to stand on, who are you? You ought to be more than who you are connected to. Matter of fact, they ought to be glad that you are connected to them. Look at what God does in your life. Taking it personally. Some of you today in this service, you, we have some persons in this room who have realized enormous success. Praise God. Thank God for things that you've been able to do. The accomplishments and the foundations and people you've blessed and you've mentored and you've helped others. And you are, were able to do that because you think about somebody who helped you. You didn't get there. On your own. But you got there because someone else poured into your life. And now, Dr. Warner, we're not going to be selfish about it. Whatever we have, we want to be a blessing to someone else. That's the spirit of Jesus. Jesus says, I know I never sinned, but. I want to position you and I'm not not deceiving you. That's why the word of God, the word of God is not here to deceive us. The word of God is here so that we would have a road map from where we are to where God wants to take us. You've got to read the word. You've got to study the word. You've got to hide the word of God in your heart. You've got to do all of that we put no limit on what God can do. And here's, here's, and that's, he's the ultimate example. Number three, allow Jesus to be the overseer of your soul. I need for you, God, to oversee me. I'm grateful that you've taken it personally. But it says now, Verse twenty-five. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls, the guardian, the overseer. I, 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 I I'm guarding your soul, and that's why when you come to Christ, every now and then you're going to deal with temptation. But I'm thanking God that he's my overseer. He's my guardian. Paul said the good that I would do. But evil is all around me. God is telling you to go in one direction. But you got to pull to go in another direction. Come on Highland Park. All of us have dealt with the temptations of this world. But I'm grateful today. I'm grateful this morning that we woke up this morning with our minds stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. Taking it personally. You don't have to praise his name. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I can take it personally. Opening up my mouth, giving God the glory. Yes, Lord. I don't need a rock crying out for me. I can cry out for myself. Do you love him today? Do you, do you? I know I love the Lord. He heard my cry, pitied my every groan, throwing out the lifeline. And every time I turn around, he keeps on blessing me. Thank you, God, for being my overseer. Thank you, God, for being my guardian. Thank you, God, for fighting my battles and thank you for most of all, for taking things personally. What did you do? Sent my only begotten son down through 42 years. They hung him high. They dipped him low. He stretched his hands. I thank God that he took things personally. They took him down from the cross, put him in a borrowed tomb, but three days later, hallelujah, He took things personal, rolled the stone away, and he's still rolling stones away. Do I have a witness? Do you? Do I have a witness? I love the Lord. He heard my cry. Pity my every groan. Can't nobody do me like the Lord? Yes 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 taking it personally you gotta take your faith personally you're not gonna rob me of my joy because the world didn't give it and the world sister Santa is not gonna take it away taking it personally because you need to know this That Satan is taking it personally. That's why he keeps messing with you. That's why he won't let you go. You trying to come to church today. You trying to do right, but every obstacle popped up. But are you going to say, I'm going to keep on pressing. I'm going to keep on pressing. And if I get in here, I might feel worn out, but I'm grateful to be in God's house one more time. I need hear that that god loves me in spite of me who am i talking to come on clap your hands everybody you've been listening to the radio broadcast of the first baptist church of highland park and landover maryland if you want to receive a cd or dvd of what you've just heard please call 301-773-6655 Or visit us on the World Wide Web, fbhp.org. And remember, there's power at the park.